Welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Hallelujah. Listen, we have some real serious prayer requests here tonight, and so we want to just go before the Lord with these prayer requests. One of them is for Pastor Sal Robledo, amen, that we were praying for on Sunday. We want to continue to pray for their family, amen, and to make sure God is covering that situation. But also for April Rivera, amen, for her mother, Dianara, is in the ICU with liver and kidney failure right now. So we're going to pray right now, church. And if you have a need right now, then what we're going to do, we're going to believe God for miracles. Because we know that we serve a God who is mighty. We serve a God whose arm is not too short, amen, to reach out and to save the lost or to reach out and touch the hurting and the woes who are sick in body. So listen, I have people, amen, my wife at home right now. We're going to be praying for them as well. But listen, we want to pray for these needs right now. Can you do that with us, church? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And we know, God, we declare that you are Jehovah Rapha, that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you are our healer, God. That, Lord, that you can do all things, God, above all things, God. That you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And, God, you are the healer of healers. So, Lord, today, God, Lord, we pray, we pray for Dianara, God, Lord, in the hospital and ICU. God, we pray, my God, that that liver and kidney failure, God, will be reversed in the name of Jesus. That, God, where something was dying, life will spring for him, God. The Lord, you'll give those doctors wisdom, God, and you'll give them, oh, God, wisdom even beyond their years, God. Miracles, God, being taking place in that ICU. There were the nurses, God, will be astounded, God. Doctors, oh God, mouths will be shut, Lord God, because they can't understand what you're doing in that room. Oh God, we pray, my God, for the Robledos, God, the Lord, you would just be there, God, and move, my God, Lord, with determinate, God, your will, God, being pressed upon that situation. Lord God, we pray, my God, that we would not miss any opportunity to learn from all these situations. God, things in our own personal lives right now, God. People that we know, God, that are sick in body, God, that their health is failing them. That, God, we pray right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that your love, God, and your power, and God, your touch would be upon their lives. Lord, we love you so much tonight, God, and we believe in you for miracles. And everybody said a great big loud, amen, amen. Praise the Lord tonight. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering like it's already done, amen. Come on, give him some praise. Crazy praise. Like she just got up out of her bed this evening. Come on now. Whoa, come on. Praise the Lord. Man, that was some powerful worship this evening, wasn't it? And you got to love a church that's not regimented and just kind of, hey, we got a program here. Amen. You got to get with the program because he is the program. Amen. So, listen, why don't you go ahead and make your way back to your seats. Now, we're going to get right into the word of God. Thank you, worship team. What an awesome job you guys did tonight setting that atmosphere and just worship and praise of the Lord. You know, it's kind of sad because now I got to turn my iPad this way. Anybody who's old, say amen. You know what that means, amen. If you know, you know. Praise God. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. You can remain standing with me. We're going to read one scripture, amen, real fast, and then we'll go ahead and get right into the word tonight. Go ahead and remain standing with me. If you have sat down, maybe go ahead and just stand out of reverence for the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to read a scripture there out of Genesis chapter 32, verse number 26. And uh, before we do that, I just want to say thank you to my pastor, 
Pastor Sonny Arganzoni Jr., amen, and Sister Kim. We love you guys so much. We love being a part of the Mother Church and being a part of everything that God is doing here, amen. Come on, give them a hand. Give our church a hand. Also, amen, I just, my Lord and Savior, I love him so much. I was crying when I got this word. I'm still crying right now. I cried when I gave my wife the, the same word that I'm going to give here tonight. So I pray that it touches you, amen, the way that it touched me, to, uh, you know, when, when God gave it to me. But um, also, I want to just kind of make mention that, too, that, you know, my, we have such great leadership here. And, you know, we work really great as a team here, all the pastors, all the leaders of Pastor Phil and all the pastors and leaders that are here. You guys have great leadership in this church, amen. We are a world-class church. I said we are a world-class church. V family, you're a world-class church, amen. I don't care if you're watching online or not, you're a world-class church, amen. So you're part of it tonight. So let's read real quick Genesis chapter uh, 32, verse 26. The title of our message tonight is, don't tap out, tap in. Genesis chapter 20, 36, verse 22. It says, then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob, he replied, he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Someone say, bless me, Lord. Someone say, bless me, Lord. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would use me as a conduit, God, for your power, Lord. That, God, you would speak clearly, God, and evidently through my life, God, and through the words that you've given me tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way, God. Lord, if there's anybody here, God, who's struggling and God is in a struggle, who's in a wrestle tonight, that, Lord, I pray for victory in their lives. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You can go ahead and be seated tonight. Man, I don't know if it's just been around. I, I had to go back to school, amen. I had to go back to teaching kids, amen. It's like, you know, it's nothing like being around 150 high schoolers, amen, just to like, you know, just wake you up. Praise God. Amen. Well, you know, I was watching the other day. I had been in a, uh, I, I, my wife and I have been in several surgeries lately, amen. We've been in and out of the hospital having surgeries. And so my wife, she's in, she's in surgery, right, and I'm in the waiting room. You know, the only thing you could do in the waiting room is, right, you bring out the YouTube videos because you got to watch about five million of them before they get out. So I'm in, the, I'm in the waiting room, and I'm sitting there watching these YouTube videos, right, and I'm just, you know, going down the rabbit hole, and I'm watching MMA videos. You guys, guys, you watch MMA, right, UFC fights, right? And I'm watching this one video, Pastor Phil. It was brutal, brutal. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch me now, if you guys get into that kind of stuff. But this guy, I don't even know who his name was. I don't know who he was fighting. But I just remember the clip so vividly in my head. This guy's arm, he, this guy had him in an arm bar, right? And then he started to twist it behind his back. Literally, his arm folded in half. I can't even do that anymore because I got too much, you know, luggage back there. So like, you know, when his whole arm was like folded behind his back, literally where his arm was sticking out this direction. His arm was out this direction. And you could see the tendons and the sinew that was stretching over the muscle and over the bone. And you could see Joe Rogan's face, right? And he's like this, ooh, you know how he you know, gets that look, right? When somebody's like getting like really clobbered. And they're just going, man, this guy's gotta tap out. At some point, this guy's got to tap. He's going he's gonna to hit that arm and say, man, I give, I give up. But he just hung in there. You could see the look on his face like grimacing. I mean, the look on his face was like his arm was being pulled off. Probably because his arm was being pulled off, amen? Like literally, it was like being ripped off of his body. And what happened was like, everybody was expecting this man to tap out of the fight. 
And for those of you who don't know, tapping out means basically like you give up, right? You give them the signal like, okay, I've had enough. It's kind of like back in the day when you got beat up by a bully. Oh, you were the bully. I, okay, I was getting bullied by you. Amen. And they were like, hey, uncle, uncle, right? And like, you know, uncle. You know, you sing Christmas story, right? I explained that to my kids the other day. I was like, they're like, what's uncle mean? I'm like, it means you give up, whatever. You're, you're too little. And so I was watching this fight, and everybody's waiting for this man to tap out, to give up, to give in. They could see the pain on his face. They said, man, why doesn't this guy just tap? The guy's going to break his arm. He's going to do irreversible damage to this man's body. He's never going to be able to fight again. And he didn't tap. The whole time, he didn't tap. Literally, the man that was trying to wrestle to him to the ground got so tired and couldn't bend his arm any further back than it possibly was at that point. That he literally just was like, uh, I gotta give up and like try something else because this guy is not gonna tap with this method. With whatever I'm trying to do right now, this man's not gonna tap out. So the man finally just lets him go. He gets up, his arm is hanging down like this. Like a, like a limp noodle. And all of a sudden, he stands up and he starts going after him and advancing. And he knocks the dude out. Knocks this guy out. One arm hanging down and he's just swinging it like this. And this guy gets knocked out. Everybody's like, you know, Joe Rogan's like, whoa, whoa. You know, like they're freaking out. Because this man that they counted out didn't tap out. He didn't tap out. Now listen, I don't know what kind of year you had this year. I don't know what kind of last three years you had. But let me tell you what, I'm glad you didn't tap out. You're here tonight because you didn't give in. You didn't tap out. You didn't say, listen, I'm out of this fight. Listen, I'm done with fighting. You said, count me in. I'm not going to tap out. I'm going to tap in. See, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that when I had the opportunity, when the pain got to a level in my life, when the struggle got to a level in my life, that I didn't tap out. I'm glad today that the things that I went through over the last three years didn't make me tap out. But instead, I tapped into the things of God. See, you didn't tap out this year when you felt like you were beginning to break. You didn't tap out when the pain got too much for you to handle. You didn't tap out. You didn't tap out. Tap the person next to you and say, you didn't tap out. But did you tap in? Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12. I'm going to read it out of the New King James Version because I think it's probably the most like succinct of what I want to like get out from this point. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in heavenly places. See, I got to tell you, man, hey, you read that and you say, whoa, come on. See, I even got my, I even got my, my, my wraps on right now. Praise God. 
I didn't plan that out. This isn't part of the stunt. I had surgery this last week. But I don't know, man. I'm kind of, maybe I'm kind of soft, amen, but I'm sitting there in the surgery, right? I'm getting ready for surgery. They're prepping me out. And the nurse is like, okay, we're going to give you some shots. We're going to start to, you know, sedate you and put you to sleep and everything like that. And, you know, so we're just going to get you ready. Put your arm out over here, right? So I put my arm out over here on this little stretcher bar. And then they're like, okay, we're going to put your other arm out over here on this side. Like stretched out like this. And she goes, okay, I'm going to give you your shot. She's like, just let me know if it hurts or anything like that. If you're going through any pain. And, you know, and all of a sudden she, you know, she... Starts to put something, oh, 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 it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. She goes, sir, that's just the rubbing alcohol. <laughs> I don't know, man, I'm sensitive, man. Like, be careful with me, I'm sensitive. But we all got different pains there, levels, right? But we read this story there in Ephesians, and in Ephesians chapter 6, it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But what happens when you're not wrestling the devil, but you're wrestling God? See, because Jacob wasn't wrestling the enemy. Jacob wasn't wrestling the devil. Jacob wasn't wrestling, you know, some other man. He was wrestling the incarnate Christ, and we're going to look at that. The pre-incarnate Christ, I should say. Let's look in Genesis chapter 32, verse 22, one more time. We're going to read a little bit more of the passage so we get a little more context in it. Genesis chapter 32, verse 22, it says this. It says, that night Jacob got up and he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of Jabbok. Someone say Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he was wrestling with the man. And when, then the man said, let me go because it is almost daybreak or for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, what do you want to know my name for? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw face to face, and yet I saw God face to face, and yet my life was was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. You know, Jacob had problems ahead of him and problems behind. Problems that were in his future and problems that were from his past. Jacob was running away from his father-in-law, Laban, because Well, Jacob had a way with money, I guess you can say, right? He was a little bit of a hustler. And he kind of like hustled the family out of basically almost their entire inheritance, and the sons weren't too happy with Jacob. Laban's sons were really mad, and so Laban actually was pursuing Jacob because Jacob left in the middle of the night with his daughters and his grandkids and everything else. And so in the midst of 
Laban trying to catch up with Jacob, God got a hold of Laban and said, Laban, I don't want you to touch Jacob. I don't want you to do that. I want you to let it go. And I'm thankful for Jacob that Laban let it go. But he had problems behind him. He couldn't go back. But the problem for Jacob was he couldn't go forward into his future either. That's a lot of the same issues that you and I face today that you can't go back. Because you got problems behind you, but sometimes we're even worried. Sister Kim said something this weekend that struck a chord with me, and she said, you, some of us in this place are, are, are worried about thinking about good things for the future. You're, 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 you think like, man, I can't think about good things taking place this year because of the past years you just had. It's hard for us to think about blessings ahead when we're running from the past of our mistakes. But Jacob looks ahead of him, and here's his brother, who he cheated out of his birthright. And, J and, and his brother Esau is coming with 400 men. He didn't come with a caravan of, of, of people, of, of his grandchildren, or, or his kids, or his kids, kids, kids. He didn't come with any of those people. There were not musicians, you know, parading in front of, you know, Esau, welcoming Jacob back. These were 400 men, meaning that he was coming to make war on Jacob. He was mad because of the way that Jacob left him, and now he's coming back and he's thinking the worst about Jacob. Sometimes we could be, have problems ahead of us and problems behind. We have a struggle ahead and we got a struggle behind us, and all of a sudden, out of the darkness... Could you imagine what, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even understand what that would look like. I mean, he's by himself, right? I mean, all of his family is across the other side. Jacob's by himself there, and he's just hanging out by the campfire, right? You know how you are at the campfire sometimes, right? There by the, you know, with a little fire pit outside your house. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of the dark, comes this man and just wants to start wrestling with Jacob. Like, how does that happen? I've been, a, I've been camping a lot of times, but I've never had a, a stranger come out of the dark and start wrestling me, right? So you think about that for a second. Do you think that Jacob actually wanted to wrestle with God? Was Jacob looking for another fight? Because I don't think Jacob was looking for another fight. I think the fight came to Jacob. I think there was something that was going on in that place between his past and his future that Jacob had to look at and he had to pay attention to and say, listen, Jacob, if you mess up here, listen, all you're going to do is start running again for the rest of your life. You're going to run from one problem to the next. But he goes, I got a plan for this man. I got a plan for his future. See, what happened was he wasn't just wrestling with man. He wasn't wrestling against principalities and powers and, you know, things of the air and all this. What he was wrestling with, it says, is a philophony. What is a theophany is, is this is basically the appearance of God as an angel or the pre-incarnate Christ, basically. Basically, he was wrestling with God. He was wrestling there with God. So my question to you is, how do you wrestle with God and prevail? Seriously, think about it. How in the world are you going to wrestle with the creator of the entire universe and think that you're going to come out on top? When I read that scripture, when I read scripture, sometimes things pop out to me and I go, I, admit, I, I call it things that make you go, hmm. Huh. That's weird. 
Something that you look at and you say, man, that is a weird and a strange thing that just took place to Jacob. Where all of a sudden he's there in the dark and Jesus shows up, or the pre-incarnate Christ, God, the theophany, shows up on the scene and begins to wrestle with Jacob. And it says that he actually prevailed and that the angel of the Lord could not overcome Jacob, could not overpower him is what some of the scriptures say. See, the only way that you can wrestle with God is because of God's grace, because of God's mercy in your life. You cannot wrestle with God and think that you're going to win unless you are wrestling with a God who loves you, a God who is a father. Because I don't know about you, but there's lots of times I wrestled with my dad. It's my kids, they wrestle with me all the time, right? Or maybe you arm wrestled with somebody before, right? And you, you say, hey, I'm going to arm wrestle. See, if me and Gonzalo, we were to arm wrestle right now, it wouldn't be a fair fight because, man, look, look at these guns. <laughs> I'm just joking. He'd beat the tar out of me, amen? <laughs> but if you think about it in those terms, why does a father allow his son to wrestle with him? Because when my son was a, was a child, he was really, really little, and, and he wanted to wrestle with me on the carpet, and I would even let him pin me sometimes, and I would kind of make it seem like he was winning the fight. But the reality is this. At any moment, I could crush my child. At any moment, I could reach over there, and I could do some damage to him that he would not walk away from. But all of a sudden, Jacob is wrestling with God, it says, and it says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that he was wrenched while he was wrestling with him. And then the man said, let me go because it's daybreak. See, the reality is this, is that God allows us to wrestle with him because God wants us to wrestle with him sometimes. See, the man came out of the darkness to meet Jacob. Jacob didn't go into the darkness to find the man. Sometimes the things that we're fighting against, I'll have to admit, the things last year, some of those things I believe the devil is after my family because of the things that we did in South Africa, because of the things that we were starting there in the mission field, because of the things that we did in the next gen, in the next gen international, because of the things that we started there and the enemy is upset and he's coming against us with principalities and powers. But I gotta admit to you today, some of the times when I was wrestling, it wasn't with the devil. The devil can be all places and all places at once. He is not like God where he can be, uh, you know, everywhere all at once, omnipresent. Demons can be everywhere all at once, but it sure seemed like I was in a struggle almost every day for the last three years. My wife has been in multiple surgeries that we can't even count. We were trying to count how many surgeries she had, how many procedures she's had over the last two years, and we literally could not count them. My house was flooded. My other house was flooded. My, 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 people were passing away in my life left and, left and right. We were going through times where this and things were coming up against us, and there was struggle that was taking place in our life. But I'll tell you what, I was wrestling sometimes with God. 
And it was his grace that he allowed me to wrestle with him. It was only by his grace that I was able to tussle things back and forth and say, God, why is this going on in my life? What's taking place in my life? This can't be right. I know you're a loving God. I know you have a plan for my life. I know, God, that you ordain all things. So what is it about this situation? Why are you allowing this in my life? So my first point is literally that. Sometimes we wrestle with God and we, we sometimes we think, man, like the enemy's this and the enemy's that. But listen, sometimes it's God. And he wants you to work things out with him. Sometimes the struggle that you're facing with him and you're tossing things back and forth is sometimes because he's trying to strengthen you and he's treating you like a son or he's treating you like a daughter. And he's saying, but it's only by my grace that you're able to wrestle with me. Otherwise, he would have just destroyed Jacob right there. But because there's a plan for your life, because God has a destiny for you, because there's miracles that are going to unfold in ministries that are going to take place because you are obedient to God, that God allows us to wrestle with him. The second thing is this, is that the blessing. Jacob says this, he says, I won't let you go until you bless me. That was another one of those things I kind of go, huh? And when I started thinking about that, I know that a lot of times we think about the blessing and we go to the prayer of Jabez there in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. Prayer of Jabez kind of goes something like this. He, all of a sudden he says, you know, Lord, bless me indeed because I don't want to be a pain. Right? Basically that's a short version of it. He says, bless me indeed. But the crazy thing about the whole section there in Jabez in 1 Chronicles is that Jabez... All of a sudden, they're, they're doing a genealogy in that list. There's just a huge list of names. You know, this person begat this person, and this person begat this other person, and they begat and begat. I don't even know what begat means. I'm pretty sure it has to do with having children or something like that, right? But they all of a sudden, they're having all these kids, and you see this running genealogy of what's going on. Then all of a sudden, they stop in the genealogy, and it says, oh, yeah, and by the way, this guy Jabez, he was crazy enough to say, I want God to bless my life and to enlarge my territory. See, the trick is, is to understand what a blessing is in Hebrew. We think of a blessing as, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Because all my friends drive Porsches. Right? You want, you, want, you want things and you want God to bless and to give you a new home and a new this. But a blessing in the Hebrew terminology, when you look up the word for blessing in Hebrew, what it means is it means to bend a knee. Because when we think about things from a democracy standpoint that we think about in our nation here, we think about a blessing, we think about it very democratically, and we think about things, and we think about spending money and all that kind of stuff. But when you come at it from a kingdom perspective... When you come at it from a monarchy perspective, where you have a king, and you got the king above all kings, then all of a sudden, you begin to align yourself to the kingdom. And the kingdom says this, if you want a blessing from the king, you got to go before him. And you, when you go before the king, you better not go proud. You better not go loud. You better go humbly. You better bend the knee before the king and say, oh king, I just want you to bless my life. 
You're powerful. So when we open up in worship, I believe that the worship was very intentional tonight. That God was saying, listen, before you come into my presence, before you start asking for blessings for 2023. Come on now, somebody. Give God some praise on that. Before you start asking for blessings in 2023, you better start with bending a knee. Because when you come into a kingdom mentality, it means this, is that you are aligning yourself with the king's will. See, Jabez says, bless me indeed. I know that there's this huge genealogy that's going on, but let me tell you what Jabez says. He says, enlarge the place he lets us, enlarge my territories. Meaning that what he was saying was, I believe in the, the, the promise you gave Abraham. I believe in the promise you gave Jacob. I believe in the promise you gave Isaac. And I'm aligning myself with your kingdom. Because your kingdom says that you're going to expand your kingdom. And you want territories. So I'm offering my service to you, O king. Blessing means to kneel. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 12, they'll put it up. But it says, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power and to exalt and give strength to all. See, Jacob's blessing didn't come from his ability to work, to cheat, to connive, shrewdness of business sense, the blessing didn't even come from his father Isaac. Jacob began to realize that the blessing was fragile. That his blessing that he tried to make for himself was fragile and it could be taken from him in a second. Everything that he had worked for could be gone in a moment. The health that you build could be gone in a moment. Everything that you've worked for your entire life could be gone in a moment. But when you ask the blessing of a king... What you're doing is you're coming to the person who has real authority. Because you realize that when you come to somebody with authority and you live underneath of that structure of authority, then what you're saying is, God, because I'm aligning myself to your kingdom and I want your blessing, my blessing now will be a promise. And God says that he's a promise keeper. He's not a man that he should lie. Here's the other part that you'll see. In Hosea, I'm going to go real quick because I'm running out of time. In Hosea chapter 12, verse 3 through 5, it says this about Jacob. This is the key where I found this about Jacob. This like was what broke me and what, 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 what was like still breaking my heart today. Is that it says, in the womb he grasped his brother's heel. As a man, he struggled with God. He struggled with the angel and overcame him. But get this, he wept and begged for his favor. They don't show that part in Genesis. They don't show that part in Genesis where Jacob's sitting there with his hips broken out of sockets and he's grabbing a hold of the angel's legs and he's saying, God, God, I'm tired. God, I have problems behind. I got problems ahead of me. Won't you bless my life? I'm pleading with you, God, that I would align myself to your kingdom, that I would come underneath the authority of the Most High God, 
that I would come and I would just enjoy being a servant in your kingdom. He wept. Because although Jacob knew about God, he didn't have a relationship with him the way his father did. Because his father had been on the mountain and was almost going to be sacrificed by his father. Jacob wept and he pleaded. See, we prevail because we hold on to God. But we're blessed, we're blessed because we kneel and we're broken before him. I'm going to close with this. The word Jabbok, and the reason why I had you say that at the beginning, the word for the creek that he was going to cross over. When he crossed over, that word Jabbok means this, emptying. There was an emptying process that was taking place in Jacob's life. See, Jacob was so full of himself that he could not be full of God. Jabbok means emptying, and the ford, the ford of Jabbok means a place of crossing. So he's crossing a place of emptying and going into his future. Some of us today were crossing over 2022 into 2023. But unless we have a moment with God where we wrestle with him at this altar, Unless we have a moment where we wrestle with him and we say, God, there's some things that took place in my life and there's some things that I'm facing ahead of me and God, I don't want to run. He says, you want me to bless you? What's your name? And Jacob confesses, I'm the heel catcher. I'm the deceiver. I'm everything that you heard about me, Lord. He had to literally tell him his name. What's your name? Oh, my name is Heel Catcher. My name is a deceiver, conniver. All the things that he had maybe had tried to hide from everybody else, he knew that it was laid bare before the Lord. He says, you want me to bless you? Your name's Israel now. Israel means Ruled by God. I can imagine what Jacob said when he, as they go ahead and come to the worship. I can imagine what Jacob said as he crossed over the place of emptying over the Jabbok ford. As he hobbled over, broken. It must have looked like he lost the fight. Because I didn't tap. I didn't tap out. I may be broken, but I wasn't beat. Maybe as he walked over to his wife, Rachel said, hey, Jacob, we're over here. Don't call me Jacob. Call me ruled by God. Call me, my life is in alignment with the kingdom. Call me, 
Israel. There's five things I want to tell you that I learned this year. I just want you to think about them as I say them. We're going to stand and pray. We're going to have an altar call. What did I learn in this last couple years? Wrestling is for my benefit, not for his. Wrestling changes me. It never changed God. God's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Don't let go of God until he changes you. Don't you dare let go of God until he changes you. Fight through the pain because it's temporary. And don't you dare tap out because your blessing is on the other side of your breakthrough. Don't you dare tap out Victory Outreach. Don't you dare tap out at home. Winter, don't you dare tap out. Tap in tonight. Stand with me tonight. I'm going to open up these altars right now. If God spoke to you tonight, don't wait. Don't hesitate. Come up and start to cry out to God. Weep before God. Come on. I'm going to open up these altars right now. Come on. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.